This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, it's Dallas Week, baby! <laughs> Let's go! Did you know this? Did you know this? Dallas sucks. I just there wanted to is. make sure you knew that. It's out there. Dallas sucks. How you doing, buddy? There it is. There it is. Well, I'm excited to be back. It literally feels like we haven't recorded in forever, <laughs> even know. though we're on the same schedule as always. It's just, I guess, the Sunday night. Uh, Thursday off, night. So. The Thursday night game, yeah. Yeah, the Thursday, yeah, having uh, no game on Sunday threw it off. So it does feel like it's been a while since we recorded. We apologize to the Go Birds listeners, but we are back with a vengeance today, Friday, Saturday, game on Sunday. Huge Eagles game, too. And, like, I was talking to someone earlier today, and I'm glad you got the pod started off that way, got it, got it going with some energy. It does feel like it's a bit of a lackluster Dallas week. I don't know if it's just because everything that's going on and then the team is bad, Dallas sucks as one might say yeah and you know like there's no it's unbelievable Dallas is actually worse yeah no Dak versus Wentz not even Andy Dalton we get some guy named Ben DiNucci who so yeah exactly although I got some I got some Ben DiNucci takes for you can't wait for the Ben DiNucci takes yeah yeah I can't wait so uh but yeah, but I mean, you know, it does feel like it's been a while since we watched this team play maybe that's a good thing but I'm uh I'm regardless as I feel like I start every pod I'm excited for the game as usual, yes, as you as should usual. be. I mean, look, to your point, I, and I 100% agree with you, doing shows on the radio every day this week and stuff, You can, it doesn't feel like a classic Dallas week. You know, a week where there's fire, you know, throughout the week right. and there's a, a buzz and an energy because the Eagles and the Cowboys are playing, particularly with first place in the division on the line, as absurd as that yeah, is. Yeah, it's a huge game. It's a I mean, it really game. is. Like... It really is. So I'm with you, and I do think, to your point, I think the – you know, uh, not even Andy Dalton of it all is a big part of it and just how bad both these teams have been and particularly how bad Dallas has been. I think it really does suck some of the excitement and stuff out of it. But at the same time, like, it's freaking Dallas week and it is a massive game and it is Sunday night football at home in front of fans. Like, 
it does feel, to your point, there should be a little more juice for this game. So let's bring that juice, Elliot. We got a lot to get into. We're going to get into the game itself, dive into, look, I, we just talked about on the radio today, like the taking this game for granted of it all and all that. But but first, let's talk about some roster stuff because there is a lot mm-hmm. going on since we last talked. Uh, as everyone listening knows, the Eagles, tons and tons and tons of injuries but potentially this week, Elliot, it looks like at least the chance to get some of these guys back. Let's go through some of these names. And, and as someone who's been down there, you know, following the practices, following the injury reports, all that stuff, who you think is most likely to play this week and who is not. So I think the players that get back this week, Jalen Rager, Jason Peters, I think Lane plays and Malik Jackson. I think those four I'm pretty confident are going to play. I actually have some confidence that so, Dallas Goddard quick, might Lane, actually— Lane there is a—that's a, so you, you feel pretty confident about Lane. Yeah, I think he is going to play. Okay. That's just, you know, right, my that, guess. I don't cool. think Jack Driscoll's ready. So I think that's, uh, you know— I mean, Lane had a helmet out there on practice on Thursday. Now, granted, it was a light day. Um, but I, I think he, I think he's going to play. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's the right decision because I do think that just giving him some time off would help. But as we start off by saying it is a big game. If the Eagles win this, it does matter. Like it's a huge win if they get it because then they they're up. Uh, they'd be, or I guess two and one in the division. They would have a lead over New York and Dallas for the tiebreaker, obviously not to Washington, but not that so the tiebreaker matters as much with the tie, but yes. True. Joe, that's a good point, actually. Um, but yeah, so I do think Lane getting back Lane being out there would be big. Malik Jackson, I think being out there is also going to help. He's been a good pass rusher. Jason Peters, I know we're gonna get into him, so I'll, I'll save some takes on that. But Jalen Rager, I think getting him back helps. I think getting him reps is good. I can't sit here and say like he's gonna be a difference maker. He could definitely make a big play, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he doesn't matter he's back, but I don't think Jalen Rager playing impacts my outlook on the game at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. You mentioned Goddard, too. You think there's a chance we see Goddard? I know he's been out of practice. I didn't notice him on the injury report. Maybe I, I missed Well, he's on, the, uh, cause he's on the 21-day practice thing. That is why. I was wondering. I'm like, why is Goddard not on the injury report? This is weird. You would think he'd at least be on the injury report. So what do you think about Goddard? You seem at least somewhat hopeful. Well, so the Eagles practiced on Thursday indoors, um, so there was no media availability because of the COVID restrictions. So what they did do is, though, they live-streamed the beginning portion of practice on their website, and Goddard was there with a helmet. He was catching passes. It looked like he was, you know, I don't know if he'll be full, but it looked like he was pretty much ready for a day of work. So I think there's a pretty good chance he plays on Sunday. They have two open roster spots. Uh, I would think Rager coming back is going to be one of them. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's there's a decent chance he he's out there uh, on Sunday. All right, now in terms of guys who won't be back, uh, so that like looks like Deshaun obviously out for a long time. Uh, you think Lane is going to play? Driscoll not going to play? Any other guys in there we missed? Well, wait for it, James. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey is going to play this week. <laughs> That's how far out of my mind Alshon Jeffrey has become. Yeah. I didn't even think about him. I didn't even care. Right. Yeah, so I don't think Alshon plays. Miles oh, Sanders good, was not good out. Thing he wasn't on the pump. Now we're going to be eight weeks in. Well done, it's insane. Eagles. It's terrific. It's, it's a really great. You know, <laughs> I really do wonder if they didn't put him on pup in hopes of trading him. But, like, Possible, that is a gross miscalculation yeah. if so, right? I mean, I mean, who wants Alshon Jeffrey coming off this injury? It's a massive miscalculation. 
Um, so Miles Sanders was at practice but didn't have a helmet on and was not practicing. So I don't think he'll play on Sunday. Uh, I don't think Craig James is going to play. Nate Gary was added with an ankle injury on Wednesday. He did not practice. I didn't see him, at least on the video portion of practice on Thursday. So he might not be out there. That will probably be something oh, that will make Eagles fans please, happy. Elliot. But what I would caution people, though, is like they think Nate Gary is the best linebacker. Now, maybe their assessment of that is incorrect, but keep in they mind. Also they also thought think- Jason Peters was their best left tackle, Elliot. They did. Well, let's get into that now. Okay. Let's get into the Jason Peters. Let's dive into it. All right, because obviously, look, we all understand that if Lane Johnson is out, I think it's very likely that Jordan Mailata will be on the right side, Jason Peters on the left side. Is that a fair assumption? Yes. Okay, so let's go under the assumption that Lane Johnson is playing just because I think we agree on what's going to happen if Lane doesn't play. If Lane Johnson is playing, Elliot Shore Parks, covering the team, knowing how these things work, Knowing the ins and outs of this whole thing, are we going to see Jason Peters or Jordan Mailata at left tackle on Sunday night if Lane Johnson is playing? I think Jason Peters will start at left tackle. Oh, no! But let me ask, why is that your reaction? What do you mean? I've made this very clear. And to be fair, I actually agree with you if I had to bet. And I'm not sure Lane's going to play. Like, I'm, you know, we'll see. But if Lane does, does not play, or excuse me, if Lane does play, I agree with you. They will play Jason Peters because they're the worst when it comes to Jason Peters because Jason Peters has more control over whether he plays or where he plays than his head coach does, than anyone does, it appears, in the building. Why? What else do we need to talk about, Elliot? How many times have we talked about the exact same thing with the receivers? Let Jordan Mailata play. He's making progress. There is a chance that he could be your left tackle of the future. You know who's not the left tackle of the future? Jason Peters. And then even on a bigger scale... I would argue that Jordan Mailata has simply looked better at left tackle when we've seen him this year than what we've seen out of Jason Peters in left tackle. Jason Peters looked cooked when he played this year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely cooked. Screw that guy. Like, I'm so far out on Jason Peters. As far out on a current eagle as you could possibly be. I don't care if that guy plays at all. If they want to stick him at guard because it makes sense to not have Suo Opeta play, you know what? I'm totally fine with that. Stick him at guard. That's where he should be. There is no world, no world where I am playing him over Jordan Mailata at left tackle if Lane is healthy. None. Okay, so I do agree with a lot of what you said. And I think that you can drive a parallel or connect a parallel between the receivers and the line. Like, the argument is the same. This team is 2-4-1. and one. Even though they have a chance at the playoffs, I'd rather get to the playoffs with the young guys than fail with the older guys, right? So, or... Sorry, that didn't make sense. I'd rather get to the playoffs with the young guys, and you'd right. rather get to the playoffs or fail with the young guys. Correct. That, exactly. Yes. yes. There we go. I appreciate that. I was very confused. No, I'm here for, for you, buddy. So, That's what I got. I'm here right. for you. That's why, why you're here. All right. So, <laughs> but my point is the this. only reason there is a difference between playing young guys at receiver and playing young guys off along the offensive line, simply because. The guys along the offensive line are pro- are protecting the $120 million investment in Carson Wentz, right? So it when it comes to the line, I want the five best players out there. I don't care how old they are. I don't care if you're building for the future. You have got to protect Carson Wentz first and foremost. We've seen how much he's getting hit. We know his injury history. You cannot allow him to get injured simply because you're giving somebody developmental reps at left tackle. That being said, 
I think there's an argument that Jordan Mailata is the better left tackle. Yep. But that's a different argument. If you're telling me you think Jordan Mailata is the best left tackle. Which I did, put, to be fair. I, I had the other yes, part right. argument, but I actually think Jordan Mailata is a better left tackle today than Jason Peters is. So I looked it up on Pro Football Focus. Um, and they've actually played pretty close to the amount of snaps. Jason Peters, 154 pass blocking snaps. Jordan Mailata, 205. So 50 more for Mailata. Mailata is allowing a pressure every 13 snaps. Peters was allowing a pressure every 14 snaps. So they're, they've been essentially the same guy. I agree that I test, though, would say that my lot has been better, right? Like Peters looked really bad against Cincinnati. He's really struggled this year. So, and he was probably their worst offensive lineman against Washington, although that game feel, feels like it was 19 months ago. But from what <laughs> it I remember, does, really does. What I remember right. <laughs> from what I remember, it feels like he was the, the worst offensive lineman. So I'm, I'm split on it. Like, I want to play the best offensive tackle. I'm firm in that one. Like, the best offensive tackle should play. I don't care about age, none of it. You have to protect Carson Wentz. You cannot risk that. But if Stoutland decides that my lot is the best left tackle, fine. It's just, I don't want, like, how he shouldn't be making this decision. Doug obviously can have some say, although I would trust Stoutland because he's offensive line coach. But I don't want my lot out there just because he's the younger player and could be the left tackle of the future. I'm not risking at that position. I'll do it at running back. I'll do it at receiver. I'll do it at any position on defense. I'm not doing it with the offensive line. I get that, and I think that's very fair, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I, I think it's all situation dependent. I mean, you know, if we're talking about a, a team that season is over and you're saying just play the young guys, that's a different discussion as well. But I, I do understand your point of, of ultimately protecting Carson's the most important thing. Again, I come back to the fact that I think Jordan Mailata is a better player. And even if they're the same, let's say they're about the same, then I think you use the other stuff as a tiebreaker. You know, you say, all yes, right, agreed. well, this guy's the guy of the future. This guy's not going to be here next year. And also the fact that I'll bet you Jason Peters, if he actually gave a shit and tried it, could play guard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's played left tackle. As we talked about coming into the season, we both felt incredibly confident that he could move over to guard and figure it out. So I would rather move Peters to guard before I move my Lada to guard is is another point. And again, well, so I'm actually re really quick on the guard thing. I'm actually more willing to play Peters at left tackle than I am at guard because he's never even played that position. At least with left tackle, there's the argument that you yeah, know but what? Yeah, it's a much more like, important position, left tackle. It is. You but know, I, I, I want I just, my better player. No again, idea what he'll be. At I guard. don't think, but I, again, I don't think Jason Pierce is good enough anymore. I just don't think he's good enough. I think he's cooked, Well, that's a man. different discussion. Yeah, I'm saying I don't think he's good enough to play left tackle in the NFL anymore, regardless of who the other yeah, guys are. That could that's, be true. That's where I'm sure. at. That's where I'm at. At least that's what we've seen from him. And, again, he's 38 years old or whatever, like 37, 38, whatever he is. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking. Eventually, this guy's not going to be athletic anymore. He's going to fall off a cliff, and, it, and I think we've probably hit that point. Regardless, again, on a basic level, to your point about Howie and Doug and, and this whole thing, that's what, what upsets me. Because the reason I believe that if Lane Johnson is at right tackle, Jason Peters would be at left tackle, is not because he gives them the best option. Like, I don't believe that that's what they're going to do. I don't believe they're going to look at it and say, all right, who's better? Who's better? Who makes more sense for us now and moving forward? I don't think they're looking at it that way. I think they're saying, well, Jason Peters left tackle. He's he's a legend. He's our guy. Let's put him back at left tackle. Jason Peters doesn't not play left tackle. Like, I think that's the way they're looking at it. And I think that is a mm -hmm. massive, massive mistake. So let's say you're Jeffrey Lurie. You now own the Eagles. You, James Seltzer, are James wow. Seltzer Lurie. Whoa. 
This is uh, US, I'm very in yeah. on this idea. Let's make this happen, Elliot. So besides the fact that you would have already cut Jason Peters and fired Howie, yeah. well, let's, let's just, just pretend pretend we wouldn't be best friends, me and Jason Peters. I'll tell you that much. Right. So let's say you're sitting there, you're in a room with the coaches, Howie Roseman, the front office, and they're talking about Sunday's game. And they go to Jeff Stoutland and they go, all right, Jeff, like Jason's healthy enough to play. Who do you think the better left tackle? Like, who do you think the better left tackle is? And he says, I believe that it's Jason Peters. What is your reaction as Lurie? And is this a situation where you just trust Stoutland or are you willing to allow like Howie to step in? Well, to your point before, I think that, first of all, I, I want coaches making these decisions over general managers, period, period, okay. in any situation. Like, Howie picks the players. He doesn't tell them who plays. Like, I, I am fervently against that structure. Well, that's how it should be. That's how, It's my point. That's how it should yes, be. Yes, right. So that, I'm fervently against that structure. So, and regardless, to your point before, like, of all the coaches we talk about, and I've made this point before about him being like maybe the most underrated coach in the NFL comparatively, I would I would trust Jeff Stoutland above anyone else in that coaching staff. Uh, his opinion about what he does, you know, I think he's the best at what he does on the coaching staff, including Doug, including Schwartz. So I'm going to lean towards trusting Jeff Stoutland in that situation. What that guy says is going to carry a lot of weight with me. But again, I do think that you have to factor everything in. If if J- is Jason Peters. Like, barely better than my Lada? Because if that's the case, then I'm still playing my Lada. I think that the future the future earnings of that are too important, especially because, look, Jordan, my Lada can get better, right? I mean, that's the idea. The more opportunities he gets, the more reps he gets, the better he can become. The chance for him to become better, that's massively important to me, too. These reps are important. They're meaningful. Reps in NFL games are meaningful. And my Lada has shown me enough at his age, his position— what the future could be that that dude needs to be on the field for me. Like, again, no matter how we're talking about this team, and, and I generally, again, agree with your holistic idea of put the best offensive lineman on the field because you have to protect Carson. I agree with that, for sure. But I do think you also have to look at this team's situation now moving into the future. This team is 2-4-1. Yes, they're trying to win the division, but this is not a go-for-broke year. And Jordan Mailata has a chance to be your left tackle of the future. I want that guy getting every possible rep he can get, period. All right, so you say that as Jeffrey Lurie, and Stoutland comes back and goes, I get it. I'm just telling you Jason Peters is better right now. If, if Jeff Stoutland says to me, Jason Peters is way better, which he won't. No, no, just, just, but just better. Uh, he, might, he might honestly say that, though. Like again, Stoutland's again, a big Peters that's guy. what I said to you. If, if it's, I would say, how much better? A little bit? Play Jordan Mailata. That's what I would do. If he says... Man, he's light years better right now. Jason's just a much better player right now. Then I'd say, okay, you know what? If you're that fervent and if you're that confident in, play Jason Peters. If he sucks, we're putting my lot in. Like that. Okay. But but ultimately, if it's anywhere close, it's my lotta for me for all the reasons I said. And and that and and ultimately, again, just a holistic sense. I want it to be my lotta. Like I'm out on Jason Peters. I'm out. Like I'm out on that guy. I again, what am I going to put him out there and then a quarter in? Oh, I stubbed my toe. May as well bring my lotta in now. Like I, I'm just playing the odds. I'm playing the situation. I'm looking at what are the most likely out, outcomes for Jason Peters. One, he sucks. Two, he gets hurt. Like three, he plays really well and stays in the game. That is the third most likely option of those three options. So and I'm going to play the odds. Third. Yeah, by far, it's not even close the third. So, like, yeah. I'm going to play those odds. Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. I, I just, 
I see a difference between the offensive line and the receivers because we've argued on here and really we're on the same side, but we've, we've debated at least or talked on, on the pod about how, yes, you have to play the younger guys, even though maybe they're not as good, quote unquote, like you play the younger guys so they can build. I'm just not using that same mentality for the offensive line. Uh, and so look, I, I understand it. if it's, if it's close, play my Lada. But if like, I, this is not a decision I want being made with the future in mind. It's a decision I want being made on who can protect Carson the best on Sunday night. Because, you know, yes, is it is it ideal for the franchise if Jason Peters plays the next eight or nine games and you don't 100% know what you have in my lotta? No, that's not ideal. But the worst thing that could happen to this franchise is Carson gets hit in the knee and re-tears his ACL or gets hit and his back is re-injured, right? Like, that's the worst thing that could happen to this team. Ultimately... The, the, the rest of this season, and we'll get into it when we talk about the NFC East, but like the rest of the season still is just how good is Carson? Like that's what you want to know at the end of the year. It's about why getting to the playoffs is important, all those things. And to give Carson the best chance of staying healthy, I'm putting the best five on offensive linemen out there. Like I said, I think that it's close enough that you could, you know, maybe push my lot just because it's so close. But uh, I'm just not taking that same mentality as it sounds like other people are of like play my lot because he's younger. Yeah, again, I, I think it's it's just one of the many reasons I'm playing my lotta, but on a basic level, I think he's the better player personally, and I'm gonna play him. And I think he yeah. has the, and I think he has the chance to over the course of the season become the much better player. Like right now, if we say Jordan Mylotta, like your stats and all that stuff, like, oh, he's slightly better or slightly worse or whatever. I think that Jason Peters is what he is. Jason Peters, in my mind, is cooked, but regardless, you're getting this guy. You're getting the guy who will be okay for you. Maybe he plays a little better than he has, but eventually he's going to get hurt. Eventually he's going to wear down this season, whatever. Yep. All that stuff on the table. Jordan Mailata has the chance to, with these reps, with these opportunities, to become good by the end of the year. So so that is something I factor in as well. It's not just this game. It's this season and what can mm-hmm. someone become. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I think we're mostly on the same page with us. I, think I, so just, uh, I get, so, I get I, I, so angry about Jason Peters. You know, there there are certain topics in Philadelphia sports that, that just make my blood boil, Elliot. And Jason well, Peters has recently... Yeah, please, lay some on me. All right, so it's definitely the Jason Peters thing. Yes. It's definitely Howie Roseman. Oh, yeah, buddy. Definitely Jalen Reger and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, like, oh, my no God. No question that about might, that. <laughs> might be my number. I get sick to my stomach on that one. Yeah. Um. Uh, who was that backup catcher for the Phillies that Andrew you hated Knapp. so much? Andrew Knapp. Who Andrew Knapp I is love. one of them. Who, who, it shows you can turn things around. I, I detested Andrew Knapp last year. Love the guy now. So things can change. Um, whether or not they were going to fire middle or not Middleton, uh, Clentac. Yes, well done. One of them. And now it seems like you really want them to hire this guy from Tampa Bay, Eric, Eric Neander. Eric Neander. Look yeah. at you. You know, you know me way too well. So there you go. Those are like the James Seltzer hot button topics, I would say. He literally just nailed them all verbatim. Well done. There we go. Well done. All right, let's move on to something so I can let my blood, you know, uh, stop boiling and, and calm down a little bit. Uh, you actually just mentioned it as you were talking about the NFC East. I want to I want to get into that because that's kind of been a uh, – the idea almost has been with the Dak injury and now the Dalton injury and seeing how horrible the Cowboys are. And, yeah, Washington beat Dallas. but And even though they beat the Eagles week one, I don't think anyone's scared of Kyle Allen. You know, it's just not a team that scares you. And then obviously the Giants who, you know, played the Eagles tight, as we know, but lost. It does, there is a feeling that even sitting here in 2 4 one that this NFC is almost the Eagles division to lose, as it were, Elliot. Are you of that mind? 
Yeah, I am. And, you know, if you pull up the Parks Casino app, uh, which you should be doing frequently anyway, they are heavy favorites to win the division. I think it's something like uh, I just had it up a second ago. I'll pull it back up now. But they are like far and away the the favorite. I think they're minus 155 and the Cowboys are plus 350 as the second wow. one. So that is a, leg- yeah. they're a legitimate favorite. Yeah, so let's see. AFC, pull it up. NFC, okay. Eagles minus 155. Cowboys plus 350, so I nailed it. Washington plus 400. Giants plus, by the way, like, okay. Giants plus 1,300. I mean, that seems like very high. That, like, that they're, really they're like tells game, you everything you need to know about out. the Giants. Yeah, it's a, or a half game. No, a game and a half. They out, almost yeah. beat the Eagles. They're the favorites. They're, what, one game back yeah. from the Eagles? And they're plus and 1,300. That's that's insane. That's um, insane. So I do think they're favorites. I think that this is their division to lose. Um, I'm wondering if we're underestimating Washington just a little bit because Washington does a really good defensive line. Look, Kyle Allen's not special, but frankly, none of the quarterbacks in the division have been special, if we're being honest with ourselves. Uh, Ron Rivera is, at the very least, a competent head coach. I think Joe Judge is maybe a little better than we thought, but Joe Judge is not factoring into the NFC East. So if you just completely remove the Cowboys, which honestly I think is fair to do at this point, I think they have almost no chance of winning the division. I think Giants have almost no chance, as are represented in those odds. Like, Washington could give the Eagles some push, and they already have a you know they, they won the first game against them now your point about the tiebreaker is true because they're not going to end up with the same record presumably but um so i think washington could push them that being said this is definitely the eagles division to lose they should win it uh i saw a uh, a tweet this week and i apologize i can't remember who tweeted it but saying that the eagles had the third easiest record or the third it e- was mike easiest clay schedule the mike clay tweeted yeah, it yeah yeah. So the 30 easiest schedule the rest of the way. And a lot of people responded like, how could that be possible? They have Arizona, they have Seattle, they have Green Bay, they have the Saints, all that. Well, it's just because the division yep. is terrible. Yep. And <laughs> it really highlights how bad the NFC East is because there's really not a lot of terrible teams in the NFL right now. Like there's maybe four or five of them and four of them play in the NFC it's East. It's a great point. So, so when you look at their schedule, yes, they do have tough games remaining, but other teams both have tough out of division games and play in a tough division. So I still think the Eagles are going to end up with about, you know, six wins, maybe something like that, <laughs> five or six wins. But I, I, I think they are, I think it's their division to lose with, without question. What? I guarantee you that no one ever thought they would hear the phrase. I think they'll win with, I think they'll end up with six wins, maybe five. But it's clearly their division to lose. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, it's amazing how how we talked about it on the the last pod. Uh, you know, like they're bad right now. I don't care. It doesn't matter. All they have to do is get to the playoffs healthy. Like how bananas is that to say it's, about a two four and one team? But that's just how I feel. I know, and I'm with you. It's asinine. It's it's crazy. And I, and look, I'm with you on the point you're making before. Like it's absolutely the Eagles' division to lose. I, I mean. As absurd as that is, and I, I do agree with you, like, I actually think that we we all need to mentally make the shift from Dallas being the biggest opposition to Washington being the biggest yeah. opposition. I think, as we saw last weekend, I mean, they're, they're a better football team. And look, if nothing else, as we talked about heading into that Washington game, that D-line is good enough to to cause problems in, in, in most matchups, you know, so... So they at least have some things going for them. And look, I think Ron Rivera definitively the second best coach in this division, or, you know, I think some people might say the best. I would, and you would say Doug, but 
ultimately yeah. to that. I don't think many would say the best, but it's at least a but debate. But the point is, he's the only one who's in Doug's hemisphere right now is the point. Yes. And, and I think that that's really what it comes down to for me is when we're talking about, because yes, Kyle Allen, I mean, he has not been horrendous or whatever, but like Carson Wentz is better than Kyle Allen. He's been better than Kyle Allen, yes. certainly the last three, four games. And ultimately, you have Doug Peterson, you have Carson Wentz, not to mention, honestly, you know, the most talent, a more talented roster than Washington. I know Dallas has, you know, all this talent in the world, whatever, but the, the Eagles certainly have a more talented roster, even, you know, with getting guys back and all that, than Washington. I think most people would say that. Washington has some talent, don't get me wrong, McLaurin, that D-line, they're guys. But ultimately, the Eagles have a more talented roster, if even only by a little bit, and they certainly have the better head coach and quarterback, like, you should win. You should win. Yeah. This I division that- is yours. I agree that the Eagles, well, I actually don't know if I agree. I think that the rosters are all pretty close, right? I think that yeah, now I, that's why I, I wouldn't factor. say like Matt way better, but they, you know, if the Eagles get Sanders and Malik Jackson and Lane Johnson and all these yeah. guys back, like they, they have a, a better roster than Washington. However, by however much, it might not be much, but I think it's better. You know, it's interesting that we don't even bring up Zach Ertz, by the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, geez, great point. Right. It's a great point. You're right, Elliot. I think it's maybe because he's further away, it feels, but it's a great point. Goddard coming back. He was the num- he's been the number one receiver on this team since how far the mighty maybe. have fallen, Elliot. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty, pretty probably, you know, the pretty, number one receiver since Jordan Matthews was in twenty fourteen. Zach Ertz. Pretty wild, my friend. Pretty wild. You know, it, and let's really quick actually I'll pick pick your brain on this. So it seems like they would have been willing to trade Zach Ertz. I mean, it came out prior to the Giants game that they were like listening to offers slash actively shopping him. Um, Ed Kratz uh, came out and reported that I guess the Packers was were one of the, the teams Ravens, that were interested. The Ravens, I believe, was the and other. The Ravens, said. the Ravens were the other one. Yeah. Um, to me, it seems like the Zach Ertz era in Philadelphia is over. Oh yeah. I mean, he'll he'll play again this year. I would I would assume. I don't know if it's like. I mean, I think Zach he will, but... is either getting traded this offseason or do, they're doing what they did with Malcolm and they're just going to let him walk. Zach Ertz yeah, is gone at the end of this season. I am 100% yeah. sure. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Zach Ertz is going to decide where he plays next year. I feel confident about right. that, Right, they're going to try and work out a trade. Like, same thing with Malcolm. It's the same situation as far as I'm concerned. Yep, same situation. Um, So, anyway, that was just a random tangent that it's just crazy he's out and it's not even really, like, a thing. I mean, it probably because he was struggling before it was but it is you're right it is crazy i mean the the numbers that rube tweeted out about richard rogers and zach Ertz were so damning it was like yeah. the same amount of yards essentially and in, in like 30 fewer tar 20 something fewer targets it was not great um all no. right coming up uh the la- la- last thing on the roster sorry just yeah, the last thing yeah um so i think the rosters are basically all even for the most part uh the giants i do think are probably a distant fourth but ultimately what this comes down to is Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson cannot lose a division to whoever the Cowboys quarterback is. That's my whole point. That's my whole point. That's really, it's what it comes down to. That is literally my bottom line. I 100% agree with you. That's why I was like, the rosters, whatever you want to argue, the Eagles should have better, whatever. Oh, it doesn't matter. For me, what it comes down to is Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson can't lose this division. That's the way I look at it. I I 100% agree. agree. All right, coming up in a minute, uh, we're going to preview Eagles Dallas. Plus, I want to ask you something that I'm sure is – not going to happen, but it's been one of those fun hypotheticals you'll see on Twitter this week. I want to get to that. We'll preview Eagles Dallas, but first, as Elliot just mentioned, the Park Sportsbook Casino app a, a little bit ago, we, we talk about it all the time, and you know it's our, it's our favorite 
thing to do is to use this app and bet. Elliot and I text about it all the time. We love Parks Casino. They're our squad. They are a sports betting app of choice. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook is right here in the Delaware Valley. It means your money, your action. They're safe and secure right here in Bucks County. Uh, Elliot and I are going to do our picks show tomorrow. That will be coming out. Elliot and I both well over 500 for the season. So listen to that. Get our picks, including we'll be talking about Elliot. I, I don't know if you saw this, but Kansas City is a 19 and a half point favorite. 19 well, and a half know. over over those uh, New York green guys. I uh, On the last preview pod, I think we, we both agreed our favorite play of the week was Green Bay at Houston. Only, I think they were either underdogs or only three-point favorites, if I remember correctly. Whatever. I think they were two-and-a-half-point favorite or something crazy yeah. like that. So you were driving uh, last Sunday, and I texted you, and I'm like, this is already a win for us. They went up 7 nothing, I think, <laughs> I on their know, first possession. I, know, I, know. I made it my part. I made it my Parks play of the week. I'm now 9-2, and two, I think, 9-2, 10-2 on those. So I, once I tweeted out, that's how you know it's money, tweeted it out, put the Aaron Rodgers gift put the bet in on Parks Casino. It's just, it's easy money. So, and there's a game, we'll do it on Friday, but there's a game I think is almost as good of a game Ooh, for this week. Oh, I yeah. like that. So check in for that pod tomorrow. And again, get the app so you can play with us, you can bet with us. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app, you bet with the best. Here's the deal. Sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. That's $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X Casino dot com slash pa and use our promo code go birds that's g-o-b-i-r-d-s to get your risk-free bet of up to five hundred dollars the website has all the details your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet as always you must be 21 and present in pennsylvania gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right e quickly before we get to eagles cowboys we're going to go through like we always do the matchups and and look at the game itself and make our prediction on the game but quickly one of those twitter hypotheticals that you know, kind of made the rounds, and, and it's a fun one that is never going to happen. I think we all know that, but would you, considering the situation Dallas is in right now, would you trade Jalen Hurts to the Cowboys for C.D. Lamb? Okay. <sighs> yes, I think I would. It's the quickest yes of all time. I would have. Okay, well, here why it's okay. It's so all time no brainer. I would do it. I would drive Jalen Hurts to Dallas. I would. I would drive to Dallas to take Jalen Hurts there. I don't know, man. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be pretty good, and that also takes away your security blanket for Carson. Now, the argument is like, I see the. I see the argument. C.D. Lamb, I think, is going to be a stud. He was the 18th overall pick in the draft. Jalen Hurts was the 53rd. So I would ultimately do it. I would. I maybe shouldn't have had as much hesitation in my voice, but. I do think it's an interesting hypothetical. Like it really speaks to how much you believe in Jalen Hurts. If you would trade him to the Cowboys, and so what I tweeted out was, "Would you trade Jalen Hurts to the Cowboys for a second round pick?" Thirteen thousand votes. Do you want to guess what it was? Um, let me think. That's very interesting. Uh, for a second round pick is less exciting to me than Ceedee Lamb. Um, but uh, I would guess. 45% said they would not do it. 55% said they would. 65% said, or 66% said they would not do it. Wow. 33% said they would. And what's interesting is a lot of the, the feedback was, well, you just drafted him for a second round pick. Why would you trade him for a second round pick? First of all, it's probably going to be a higher second round pick than 53rd because the Cowboys are more than likely going to be a bottom 10 team in the NFL. So it's a higher second round pick. Second of all, 
it's I equate it a lot to like when you buy a brand new car, the second you pull it off the lot, it's worth way less, right? Because that's just how it works. Like a, Jalen Hurts was worth the second round pick back in the draft. I do not think Jalen Hurts is worth a second round well, pick. Well, then it now. was a horrible pick. That was the whole point of the pick is to be able pick. to trade, right. yeah, which we know. But the whole point is to be able to trade him for more than what you gave up for him. Like that's the point of the pick. I know unless it's yeah, but that's the, never gonna happen. Uh, well, that, that's why I hated the pick. That's why I still hate the pick. I would trade him for for CD Lamb in a in a heartbeat in a second. I would, would you package a second round pick? Like give up a second? No, I mean that's a lot. Jalen Hurts and a second for CD Lamb. No, so I, I, you're, no. I mean that's you're getting a little crazy. Okay, but think about this: how many teams in the NFL but would then not? You shouldn't trade have drafted Jalen Hurts. You're all you're doing is making the case that the Jalen Hurts pick was a horrendous pick. Yeah, but I guess my point is like, so the Cowboys are on the phone with you and they're saying. We will give you C.D. Lamb for a second-round pick. Would you do that? Oh, yeah, in a second. No question. So Jalen Hurts is the difference for you between doing it and not doing Look, it. Look, I just think it's a bad— you. Look, I, I wish— they would you not- do it? That's my question. No, no, and let me explain why. Because, again, while I think the Jalen Hurts pick was horrendous and whatnot, like, he's here now. Like, so you have to accept that, and you can't just give him away as part of a, a package for, like— I mean, like, you can't do that. Like, you need to you need to get more back for it. Like, that's the whole point of drafting him. Like, you did this, Howie. Like, maximize this. Like, figure it out, which I don't expect him to. But, like, I, like you're basically just a toss-in at that point. Like, he's got to have some value, theoretically. Like, no, I think w- that's would too you, much. W- would, would you have any worry about trading Jalen Hurts no. to the Cowboys? No. Like, forget the— forget I know, the, no, no. Holistically, know. no. I, I, I would not worry about it. Okay. Because, I mean, that could really be like a move that comes back uh, to bite of, co- of course it could. I get it. <laughs> okay. All right, let's uh, let's get into the game and, and get out of hypotheticals and get into reality. Um, Eagles-Cowboys, obviously neither team has been very good. at Dallas' defense has been historically bad. Let's start out looking at that side. We talked a lot about the Eagles' offensive line. Hopefully, Lane back. You're expecting that the real shot of Lane being back. We'll see what happens on the other side. I think if you're going to look at this Dallas defense and I guess ask what the strength is, if there is one, it, it, probably the defensive line. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, the pass rushers, you would I guess. think, but it has not been great. What do you think about this matchup for the birds? So Dallas's defense is legitimately the worst I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Wow, like, I don't know it. if statistically they are, I, well, like, I mean, whatever, they're on but pace just, to allow the most points in the history of the NFL. So yeah, it seems like every time I watch them, they are giving up a touchdown or like they're already they've already given up 30 points or something. The fact that they are giving up an average of 35 points a game is unreal. I mean, that is an unreal amount of points So the average giving up like everyone that thinks that Jim Schwartz is bad and they should get rid of him and all that. Watch Dallas's defense because it can get worse. It can be like that is what a bad defense looks like. Jim Schwartz defense just has bad games and has frustrating moments. Overall, Jim Schwartz's defense proves that they are a very good defense compared to this Cowboys defense. They're giving up 34.7 points per game. They're 27th in yards. They have the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Now, they did get ran all over by Cleveland. I'm sure that that factors in. But they the eye test shows they are a very bad uh, rushing defense. They've only held two of their seven opponents to under 34 points. That's it's crazy. It's unbelievable. Especially considering yeah. it's not like they've played a juggernaut offensive schedule either. No, they really haven't. So, I mean, when you look at their defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence is still pretty good. Uh, they traded away Everson Griffin this week. Um, so, you know, they're, they're in sell mode. Uh, and then they also cut into uh, Dontario Poe because he was overweight. Yep. Uh, and then <laughs> got rid of Daryl Worley. So they are clearly like waving the white flag on this season. 
Um, I mean, Alden Smith, I think, has been, you know, he's, he's been, been like them. a pleasant surprise yeah. to them. I would say four sacks in seven games. Is He might be hurt. I could be wrong about that. But I feel like I saw him get hurt in the last game. So maybe he doesn't play. But overall, even with the banged-up Eagles offensive line, I still think, you know, just focus on Demarcus Lawrence. We've seen the Eagles' ability over the years to make it so that one elite pass rusher can't really hurt them. I mean, Aaron Donald you know, certainly had always has an impact on the game, but he wasn't exactly dominant in week two. Uh, different type of t- type of player, obviously. But I, I'm not worried about the Cowboys' defensive line. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Their defense does not stop anybody. And if your defense is that bad, your defensive line can't be that good because if you have a good defensive line, as we've seen here in Philadelphia, your defense is going to be mostly good. So uh, I'm not worried about it, even with the injuries on the Eagles' offensive line. Yeah, same. I feel exactly the same way. I, again, this, this Cowboys' defense is so bad. Like, you said first defense in the history of the NFL to give up 20 points in the first half of six straight games that's hard to that's believe crazy. I know yeah. I mean, when you think about Dallas in general too I mean yes they have two wins but one was because the Atlanta Falcons maybe the worst coach special teams play in the history of NFL special teams not understanding how the onside kick works and what the rules are yep. they won because of that and then they won on a last second kick against the Giants I mean this Dallas team is bad they have shown to be very very bad and have been blown out in more than a couple games. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not scared of this Dallas D-line at all. I feel like as we go through all of these Eagles versus Dallas matchups, from that perspective, the offense versus the defense, I'm not going to be too concerned. For now, let's flip it around to, you know, what has really been the strength of the Eagles uh, for the most part this season, you know, obviously not as consistent as we like, but the Eagles' defensive line has been, for the most part, good. You're saying a good chance to get Malik Jackson back, which would obviously be huge, going up against a Dallas O-line. Elliot, remember the days of the Dallas offensive line? Yes. Best in the history of football and all that. Well, guess what, buddy? This ain't it. I'm looking at this line, and I like I barely even recognize some of these guys' names. Uh, Tyler uh-huh. Biazas. I don't know who the hell that is. So I mean, Cameron week, Irvin was a center at one point. Like I don't know what's going on here. Each week when I put together these rundowns and try to look at the other team's offensive line, it's definitely the hardest thing to do. There are a lot of injuries all over the league. I will say this. Like, and I'm not saying that the Eagles can't use it as an excuse because they've certainly had injuries as well. But offensive line, it seems like especially, has been banged up this year in the NFL. And that's been true of the Cowboys. I mean, I think they're missing both tackles. Uh, obviously, their center retired, Travis Frederick, from this past offseason. So their offensive line overall, in terms of pass blocking, Actually, pro, and pro Football Focus has them as the 17th best pass blocking offensive line in the league. The Eagles are at 21st, so I guess they're better. But now that they've had guys come in and out too, who knows? Um, I think this is a matchup the Eagles' defensive line should win. Obviously, I mean, you know, uh, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat—they played good this year. Getting Malik Jackson, I think, will especially help against interior of this Cowboys uh, offensive line. So, yeah, I think the Eagles have the matchup edge on both lines on both sides of the ball yeah i do too i think this is one of the biggest actually matchups edges in the game which is shocking to say with how bad dallas's defense is you feel like those are all the dominant advantages zach martin i guess could be back i knew he was in concussion protocol if he's back that does help this offensive line obviously by far the best player uh, of the group that that could potentially play on sunday night but i'm with you this is a game where the eagles d-line should and i think will dominate i think they'll have a really good game against this this uh, line now, you know, obviously we'll get to it in a minute. It's going to be interesting. Andy Dalton, I think that was one of the things that was underrated with Andy Dalton coming in. I think I talked about in this pod the idea that you know, everyone's like, oh, Andy Dalton will be fine. He's got all those weapons. He's Andy Dalton. He's fine. He's good and all that. I was like, yeah, but this offensive line's really bad. And Dak Prescott was able to move around and hide that. I don't know if Andy Dalton could do that. 
Benganucci maybe can. It'll be interesting. We'll get, we'll get to the Danucci in coming up in a little bit. As yeah. Elliot. I can't wait to hear your Ben Danucci takes. First, <laughs> let's finish out our uh, couple more matchups we want to get to from, from uh, other spots in the roster. Let's go back to the Dallas defense, the horrible Dallas defense. I think this is a spot, particularly the linebacker group coming into the season with Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch and all those guys. It felt like that was going to be the strength of this, what people thought would be good Dallas defense. It has not been the case. They've been real bad, real bad behind that as well. Obviously, the Eagles wide receiver tight end running back group has um, been a bit of a mash unit, but you know Travis Fulgham, as we talked about, a, a real NFL player. Greg Ward, a, a really nice NFL player. Even Richard Rodgers making some plays last week. What do you think about this matchup with the Birds? So I think that when you look at the Dallas defense, really the position that highlights how disappointing they've been is linebacker. I mean, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, I personally think have underperformed this year. Uh, you know, and they were two players that you would think would have a lot of potential. So I, I think that when you just look at them in general, like there's nobody that really scares you. It seems like Trevon, Trevon Diggs, a guy that on draft weekend, everybody was like, wow, the Cowboys got him. Uh, he's been, you know, okay. Uh, it seems like, you know, he's not certainly made a huge impact. So I, I'm not really overly impressed with anybody in this back seven. Yeah, I agree with you. And Van Der Esch is obviously, you know, as always has had trouble staying on the field. I believe he's played three of their seven games this year. I might be off a game on that. But yeah. Um, and Jalen Smith gets that big contract last year and does not look like the same guy. I mean, he was a really good player for them last year. Um, they got some youth in the secondary. You know, I think Trayvon Diggs has a chance to be a good player and all that. But, uh, you know, none of these guys have stepped up. And as you mentioned, I mean, teams have thrown the ball at will against Dallas. So I, I feel pretty confident we're in for another nice Travis Fulgham game, another nice Greg Ward game. I think they'll be able to move the ball through the air. And look, I think a good Carson Wentz game. All right, one more matchup before we get to the the two pivotal ones, as as always, the quarterbacks, the coaches. Uh, but flipping it around, the, the Eagles, we feel good about the Eagles' defensive line, maybe less so about the linebackers, safeties, and cornerbacks. Obviously, we feel great about Slay. We trust Rodney McLeod. You know, some linebackers have flashed when given the opportunities, the Alex Singletons of the world, but... This is certainly, I think, from an Eagles perspective, the toughest matchup on the field. I know Zeke has not been Ezekiel Elliott, but he's still, you know, the potential is there. And obviously Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, Dalton Schultz has stepped up as a nice tight end option for them. They've got players here, and obviously you need a quarterback to get the ball to those players. But what do you think about the individual matchups here of the the Cowboys wide receivers tight end running back group going up against the Eagles back end? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do with Darius Slay. I mean, I would think they'd have him follow Amari Cooper. Slay has had success against him in his career. It was one of the main selling points, I thought, at least when they made the trade for Slay, that you're going to have him against Amari Cooper in that key divisional matchup twice a year. So I would think they're going to match him up against uh, against Cooper. Um, you know, the second cornerback matchup, I don't really feel confident the Eagles' second corner right now. I mean, maybe it'll be Avante Maddox more than it was last week. So, CD Lamb, I think you like that matchup. Michael Gallup, too, also a very good receiver. Um, my question for you is, actually, this might not even be a difficult question, but would you trade all the Eagles' skill position players straight up for the Cowboys' skill position players? Oh, man, what kind of a question is that? Of course I would. Well, but but here's my argument. That means you're taking on Ezekiel Elliott over Miles Sanders and that terrible contract. Yeah. The, the Cowboys tight ends suck, right? They're don't, not very good. Is Amari okay. Cooper, Amari Cooper a makes bit. a lot of money. So you're saying right? all like I get what you're saying, like the actual contracts. All, yes, I still would do it. Give, still give okay. Carson Wentz, Amari Cooper, C. Lamb, and Michael Gallup, and see what happens. Yeah, I'm doing that. 
Yeah, that's fair. And that's honestly, fair. I and think Dol- you're right. Tony, Dalton Tony, Schultz sucking. I shouldn't have said he's that. He's okay. He's not great. He's okay. And yeah. Tony Pollard's okay too. I kind of like Tony Pollard a little bit. So well, there's been so many times this year where I've watched the Cowboys, and, and he looks and, like uh, the better runner, right? You're like, oh. Yeah, Tony Ball is better than Zeke. Like right now, he looks better. I mean, yeah, I'll you know. look up and I'll go, "Wow, Elliot, Elliot doesn't actually look that bad." And I'm like, "Oh, that's I know, Tony." Ball. I know, I know. I'm really with you on that. So yes, I uh, would, but I understand your point. I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk yes as it would have been prior to the season, but I still think it's a yes. So the Cowboys have scored with these offensive weapons 13 points in the last two games without Dak. Unbelievable. That's. I mean, look, I know that. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton got hurt, but like that is that is unbelievable. Well, it's, yeah, it's also games. kind of funny too. And look, the Andy Dalton got hurt, and yes, that mattered. So, but like, he got hurt in the third quarter when they were down twenty-two to three. So let's not yes. act like Andy Dalton would have made a difference in that game because he already was not making a difference in that game. They looked you know, horrible with him. It's funny though with the Dak injury. Everyone's like, "Oh no, he should have gotten paid. He's not going to be." The the best argument that Dak Prescott has made to get paid was getting hurt. Like it's like pay yeah. that dude, Jesus. And, you know, two things I'll put my hand up wrong about. Like, I thought the Andy Dalton, I still would have rather signed Andy Dalton than draft Jalen Hurts. I guess I'm not as much on that take as I used to be, just when you talk about the allocation of resources. But I do think, to your point, like, the offensive line really hurts Andy Dalton. I think he's clearly someone that has to be behind a good offense line. But he's also just not as good as we thought. He wasn't the main problem when he was in there. But, you know, for the money they paid him, you would think that, you, you would expect offense to kind of keep clicking, and it most certainly has not. I, I will also say when you go through these Cowboys position groups, overall, this really highlights that as bad as things are for the Eagles, I mean, we're talking about like firing Howie or Doug and all these things. There is another level of bottom that these things can hit for teams, and the Eagles, at the very least, are are not hitting that bottom. Like as bad as Eagles have been, they have not been as bad as the Cowboys, and it's not as ugly. Like, they literally just hired Mike McCarthy, and there's already talking about whether there's or not they should There's a mutiny practically there. It's un- they're yeah. talking about firing guys. It's crazy. It is wild. I'm, I'm really with you. It's a great point. Speaking of which, we're gonna, I want to save Danuch for last. So, so quickly, uh, McCarthy versus Peters, and I, I think we both feel, Brad, I know you, you've, Elliot, one of the things I love most about Elliot, and there are a lot of people who are takesmen, and refused to back off a take. Elliot is always willing to put his hand up in the air, as he just did a second ago, and say I was wrong yeah. about this one. And you have you have come around on the Mike McCarthy thing, saying, "Look, I I missed on this one. I thought he was going to be a massive upgrade." I think we could both go into this game saying one of the biggest advantages the Eagles have is Doug over Mike. Yeah, I mean the whole coaching staff. I, I mean this just is across like, the board. I mean, dude, Mike Nolan had to cancel his or put his press conference on pause this week. He's got hot sauce in his eyes. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, this is this is something quickly on that because this has been going around and it drives me crazy. Tabasco is not hot sauce, okay? That's Tabasco yeah. is like pepper sauce. It is not hot sauce. It is like a watery pepper sauce. And when I go into a restaurant and I ask for hot sauce and you bring me Tabasco, I'm never coming back, okay? That is my philosophy. Bring me Frank's, bring me Crystal, bring me Sriracha, bring me Cholula, bring me something that is a real hot sauce of some kind or another. It doesn't have to be all the same, but Tabasco is not hot sauce. Thank you for letting me get that out, Elliot. So two things. First of all, that is a phenomenal take. Thank I you. think Tabasco is gross. Thank like I, I see people I put on their so eggs. I feel so strongly and I'm like, about it, man. I feel so strongly yeah. about it. It, it looks so gross on food also, number one. Like it basically is just looks like egg dye that you're putting on there. So I'm also anti-Tabasco sauce. Any hot sauce I'm using has to be thicker than Tabasco. Well said. Number, Agree completely. Number two, speaking of getting hot sauce in your eyes, 
about a few years ago, I was doing like, I was at some uh, restaurant and they had a challenge where it was, you ate, I think it was eight pieces of su- sushi and they got progressively hotter throughout. Mm-hmm. And I got all the way to the end. I did it, but I got the, whatever sauce wasabi was the hottest or, on my finger. Was it wasabi? No, or was it wasn't. It, it okay. wasn't wasabi. Okay. It was like something else. Um, so I get all the way to the end. I eat the last piece. I got the hot sauce on my hand and I got that in my eye mm-hmm. and it really hurt. So oh, must first of all, Tabasco wouldn't even hurt. Number one. I don't even. Well, maybe it would actually, but, but I, not, I not to the level where you have to stop your Zoom call. Yeah, you got a man up in that point. Big so, time, dude. But, You're an NFL football coach. Like, really? Say what you will about Jim Schwartz. I bet you he could take two shots of Tabasco to the eye and not end his press exactly. conference. Not even <laughs> flinch. He would just be called. Yes. He would get this. You ready? So there's Jim Schwartz with Tabasco in his eye, okay? He's doing his press conference. Here's the moment where Tabasco gets an eye. Tabasco in the eye. Yeah, and that guy was a real dumbass and... Yep. Uh, this, yep. yeah, unfazed, like just keeps on rolling. So first of all, this is an excellent moment in the pod history right now, discussing what Jim Schwartz would do with two shots <laughs> of Tabasco inside. Big fan. <laughs> but to the, to the larger point of what you were saying, it's not just Doug versus Mike McCarthy. The Eagles have an extreme coaching advantage at every position. Like great point. The, the Cowboys are a hot mess. It's, I think it's hard sometimes to look at an NFL team and just say straight up, they are a poorly coached team. The Cowboys are a poorly coached team from top to bottom. They are a mess. They look unprepared. The touchdowns they allow, people are running wide open. I don't care how bad of injuries you have. I don't care like what, how bad your quarterback play is. 13 points in two weeks in an NFL for an NFL offense that has Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, even the uh, corpse of Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like that is unacceptable. So yes, they have a huge coaching advantage on this. It's, yeah. it's not even close. If no. there was ever a week, by the way, if there was ever a week for the Eagles to jump out on top, like this has to be it. Yeah. You have got to put the Cowboys away quickly. Doug has got to bring you. the game plan from the jump. 100%. When I mean, this team's a front-running team, historically, all these guys, it's, it, they, they get down, they're going to quit. They'll quit. Yeah. yeah. And again, just to your point, I mean, like for those quotes to come out, and we read them on the pod, the Jane Slater quotes a couple weeks ago. I mean, six weeks or whatever it was, five weeks into the season for players on the team to be not just willing to say, but be willing to go to the media anonymously knowing these quotes will get out and say they're bad at their job. They're not prepared. All this stuff they said. I mean, I don't ever remember that happening before in a coaching staff that has been there that short. Like I don't, five, six weeks in Elliot, do you ever remember that? Like that quickly? No, it's crazy. It's crazy. So it it also really puts into perspective the like lukewarm, uh, shot at Carson that was off the record <laughs> from what everyone presumes is Alshon, right? Yeah. Like, what was that quote? If I remember correctly, it was like he should check the ball down more yes! or something like that. It's a great point, Elliot. That's like, like the, the most- Mike McCarthy anonymous <laughs> quote is like he's terrible at his job. Like that's it's a great I mean, point. It's a great point. It's yeah. like such a milk toast quote comparatively. I love that. All right, let's get to it. We've teased it a lot. It's time to talk about the Nooch, the Nooch, the Noochie. I will yeah. say. Uh, both a horrendous name for a quarterback, but super fun to say and talk about. I don't mind the name, but I, I think it's a I think it's a good name. I, I think I it think has Joe med- Webb like potential. Super fun to say. Uh oh. All right, give me your takes here. Go. So, I think I would rather face Andy Dalton. Oh than Dimitri. no! And here's why: I know the Cowboys are a train wreck with Andy Dalton. I've seen it. Ah, okay. The offense doesn't That's work. Fair. Like. I have seen it. Like that that team is a mess with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Like they, they was it was not working. And it's not only Andy Dalton's fault, but it was not working. Ben DiNucci, to me at least, 
He's athletic. He can move, right? Like, uh, so I went and looked at some of, I went and looked at his YouTube, his college YouTube. <laughs> Granted, he's playing, you know, I think it was Division Two. Like, yeah, he's not playing James Madison, defense. but yes. Yeah, James Madison, right? But he can move a little bit. Only six interceptions last year and 378 passing attempts. That feels pretty good. Feels like he can take care of the ball. And he's just a wild card. Like, he could be a complete disaster. Don't get me wrong. Like, it could be 10 minutes into the game and you could be like, wow, this is, this is disastrous. This team has no chance. That could definitely happen. But I think that was going to happen with Andy Dalton regardless. I think with Ben DiNucci, there's a little bit of a chance that he kind of runs around, makes some plays. And what this Cowboys team really needs is like life. They need something to get them going. The chance of it being that Ben DiNucci are slim, but it wasn't Andy Dalton. And maybe there's a small chance Ben DiNucci comes out and like in the third quarter – national audience everyone's like you know tweeting and talking about how you know wow this is crazy look what ben denucci's doing like that's my worry with with him that that's the worry of having to face him versus andy dalton it's, I, the, it's look, the wild part. i think it's a great point I, I won't look i don't i don't think it's gonna happen we'll get to our pick in just a minute and i'll make it very clear what i think is gonna happen but i think it's a really interesting point i i think to, to you can absolutely say factually we know that andy dalton wasn't working with this Cowboys yes. offense. We have no idea with Ben DiNucci. I, I, and Ben DiNucci's like playing. I imagine yeah. he'll play harder. I'm like very, I, don't know. I, I get it. Look, I, he maybe brings some life to that. I think it's a really good point. It's that if there is something to be afraid of in this game, that is at least theoretically possible. I think it's far more likely we see a Luke Falk-esque performance. Yes. You know, just someone That's who is awesome. completely and totally overmatched and has no business being in the situation they're in. That's what I'm expecting. But to your point, Elliot, is there a world where Gardner Minshew, like last year, where I can see we're in the third quarter and people be like, Denucci! Yeah, right. I, I could, that has happened before. I'm sure it'll happen again, that type of thing. So, yeah. And when you look back, when you look back at Joe Webb, the Joe Webb game, which I went back and looked at his stats today, we remember it as if like Joe Webb lit them up. Joe Webb did not really light them up. He just didn't turn the ball over and he ran in a touchdown. He didn't even throw for a touchdown. So if Ben DiNucci can just come in, somehow spark this team, let's be honest, as bad as the Cowboys defense is, and we'll get to it in our predictions, it's not like the Eagles, you know, have lit well, anybody look, up yeah, this year. Look, so, that's the point of the whole guy. The Eagles are bad. We all know it. That's still part of the conversation. Yes. All right, let's get to the picks. All right, go time. Elliot, uh, actually, since you did the rundown, uh, the rundown king, um, exactly. it is now an extra half point. So when, when Elliot did the rundown, oh, really? okay. the Eagles were eight-point favorites. Now, according to the Park Sportsbook app, which you should download, don't download and check out and bet on this game and others, is now the Eagles by eight-and-a-half points. Elliot, do you want me to go first or you go first? I have no problem going first. You go first. The Eagles are covering. The Eagles are beating them by more than eight-and-a-half points. Ben DiNucci, deer in headlights on Sunday night. It's going to be that type of game. Luke Falk is the closest uh, representation, I can say, of what I'm thinking is going to happen. I don't think it'll be as bad as Luke Falk. I don't think anyone in the history of football could be as bad as Luke Falk was that day. But I, I think it's that type of game. I think DiNucci is overmatched. I think he's not ready for it. And I think that he's playing with a team, to your point, like, Yes, there is a, a small percent chance that he runs around and he makes magic happen and gets everyone excited. I think it's far more likely this team's quit. This team doesn't believe in their coaching staff. They don't care. I think the Eagles roll on Sunday night. Like, I think this is a cover easy. I think we get to, and I know, I know, 
I know. I know. It is it is an absurd thing to say about this Eagles team, a team that just beat the Giants by one point. Like, I know there are reasons that this should be a close game. I know that this is, you know, maybe a little bit of optimism seeping in, as I've been known to do. I just am so fully out on this Dallas team. I think they're one of the two or three worst teams in the NFL. I think the Eagles roll. I'm laying the points. I think they win by two touchdowns. All right, so my concerns with the matchup are the Eagles don't start out quick. The Cowboys are a team that if you start out quick, you can put them away. But the Eagles traditionally do not start out quick. They're not a team that comes out and puts teams away quickly. The Eagles are a sloppy team, right? We've seen that. I mean, Jason Kelsey has a bad penalty last week that almost cost them the game. Uh, The offense has improved, but you can also make the argument that a lot of the offensive production has come in garbage time when they were already trailing. I don't expect them to be trailing in this game very much. So, you know, will they be able to get into the 30s? I I don't think they're going to have to get into the 30s to win, number one. But I don't know if I can sit here and say the Eagles are ready to take advantage of a bad Dallas offense. So I think the Eagles definitely win the game. I feel very confident about that. I do not think they lose to the Cowboys. The Cowboys have checked out. The Cowboys have quit. So for me, it really comes down to, can I trust the Eagles to cover eight and a half points? Like eight and a half points, on one hand, I'm saying to myself, if I pick the Cowboys, I both get the outside chance that they win the game and I get the chance they keep it close. And I think those things could happen. But ultimately, I'm going to pick the Eagles to cover because the Cowboys are such a disaster. Like, They're just such a disaster. And as bad as the Eagles are, there's going to be a week where they start to put this thing together. Like I said, I don't think they're a four-win team. I don't think the Eagles will be a disaster all year. And they're going to have to have some moment where it all kind of clicks. And I kind of feel like that could be Sunday night. I think that they could, in a national audience, for what it's worth, they did win the last time. I mean, they're 2-0 in prime time this year. So I, I do think they win the game. And... Just my gut is telling me that they'll cover, and there's a better chance when we're recording our post-game pod that we're sitting here and saying, okay, the Eagles are going into the bye week. They're first in the division. They just played their best game of the year. Rather than, oh, my God, the Eagles just lost to Ben DiDu. <laughs> so that's kind of where I fall. I love it. I All don't right. feel great about it. I don't know if I'd bet this game. I'll say that. Okay. But, I but, feel but great ultimately, thing. on the record, we're both taking the cover, and for what it's Correct. worth, Elliot – Especially if we're just talking lines, if we're forgetting when Elliot has been unbelievable with his Eagles picks. Like he is, I have been this year, yeah. got a really good lock on it. So it makes me happy to know that you're with me. It felt like the way you were leading up, you might go the other way. So that is good. Well, for what it's worth, yeah. I picked the Cowboys to cover on Angelo, and I'm pretty sure I picked them to cover on uh, oh, on your show as well. <laughs> so, but but you've convinced me. As the week I, is going on, I just feel like the Cowboys are just such a mess, man. I like they're it. just such a mess. They really are. Ben DiNucci. It's going to be fun. I, we need this, Elliot. Let, please, please cover this right. game. All right. Uh, rate and review the podcast. We are now up to 1,411 reviews. I love that every time we go over these, there are more and more reviews. We are creeping. I love and hate because when we get to 2,000 five-star reviews, we're taking the SATs. So nervous about that, but I want to get to 2,000 five-star reviews. So get us there, and we're, we're going to take close. the SATs. I know. It's moving along here, you know? You said the end of December. I thought that was crazy. Uh, maybe not so crazy. At least right. in the running. Well, right. what I made a mistake of, at first, I was only looking at the written reviews. But you can just leave a five-star review. You don't oh. have to leave a comment. Oh, buddy. 
So, so look, we love if you leave comments. I, we read them all. We answer the majority of them. But if you're just you're just sitting there with your iPhone and you're saying to yourself, "I'm enjoying this," you just click it. Click a five star review very quickly, and we will be one step closer. So we are definitely getting there. I love it. All right, well, let's go through some of them and uh, and show our appreciation for what people do because it really does mean a lot to us. Uh, I'll read this first one: Glassmania twelve. Over under because we were just talking about over under on SATs combined twenty one fifty, and he's saying I'm plus fifty points over you. Uh, I will definitely take me over you. I feel good about that. <laughs> well, I don't even know how the SATs are scored, so well, I I'm like this is. Is it still the old school out of sixteen hundred? I know they changed it, and then I think they went back. So let's roll with the over sixteen hundred. So that means that uh, we would both have to get. Uh, in the we both have to get with me plus fifty. That means I, well, I'm definitely gonna get ten, 10 fifty. Yeah, I would think. I, so I, I will say take definitely. I don't I know, man. Take I mean, the you over are on smart, this. but like I will take the over on this. Okay, I, I, I would take the over of twenty one fifty for us both. As I well. would too. I feel we're smart enough. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, oh yeah, it's also for what it's worth. I mean, it's multiple choice. I would assume the majority of it. So yes. the very least, I can narrow it down. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time since I studied for the SATs. So yeah, mm, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you want to read the next one? Yes, I do. So, uh, Danny Rogers, in the same way as receivers and offensive line, would you start younger, different guys at linebacker? We know what Nate Gary is, and if a younger guy gets beat, at least he may learn from it. I'm tired of seeing him out on the field knowing he doesn't really have anywhere to go. Here's the thing. Nate Gary is also a young linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> this is his second year starting. So, you know, I guess maybe, but, you know, Davion Taylor is might not just be ready at all. Um, so I, I'm not like going to pound the table for keeping Nate Gary out there, but you know, Nate Gary's also young. He could learn from it. And I don't think you have enough attractive options back there where I say, okay, let's just put this guy out there. I mean, like I'd rather like again, and I know it's all positional and you know, certain and knowing the plays and all that type of stuff, but like, I'd rather see Alex Singleton on the field. I'd rather see Sean Bradley on the field in a holistic sense. I'd rather see TJ Edwards on the field. So I guess I would say yes. I I, I would I would prefer to see those guys on the field. I I know it's not going to happen, so it is what it is. But yeah, I, I, I look. I I've seen enough from Nick Gary. I, I feel I feel pretty confident in saying Nick Gary is never going to be a good NFL linebacker. So all right, that's where I'm at. There we go. All right, there we go. M Savage nine oh one. Uh, says, what's up, guys? Dropping a five-star review all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. We're big in Tennessee, Elliot. We are. A lot we of are. love from Chad to Justin. How do you guys feel about being a fan of a sports team that's not in the city you grew up in? Well, I feel very strongly about this. It's all about your parents. Like, ultimately, what your parents are fans of, most of the time you're going to become end up becoming fans of that. Now, if your parents live in another city, like, look, I was born in New York, but my dad was from here, went to Cheltenham High, was a four-for-four maniac, so I didn't have a choice. Like, I was going to be a fan of the Philadelphia sports teams because of my dad, no matter what, no matter where we were born, Mm -hmm. no matter where we lived, like, that was it. So I I think it's more familial-dependent, but I would also be okay. Like, if I had said, no, Dad, I want to be a fan of these New York teams, I think that's okay, too, because I was born there and and lived there until I was 11 years old or whatever, like, I would, I, I would, I think that'd be acceptable to be a fan of where you're born, regardless of what your parents are. But I do think it's okay if you're out of city, if your parents are fans of it and they raise you as fans of it. Like, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm okay with people rooting for whatever team they want. I don't really think you have to be like a Philly fan because you live in Philly. I'll personally say, like, you know, growing up, I was more a fan of like players. You know, I just, I mean, obviously. 
I was a huge Sixers fan growing up, and Iverson's my favorite player of all time. But, you know, I also really liked Vince Carter. You know, so I, I could see that you should just root for whoever you want. I don't think you have to be a fan of the place that you live, oh. whether you moved there, didn't move there, grew up yeah, there. See, I you think know, you your need parents. some connection. I don't think you can be born in Philly and be like, oh, you know, I'm going to root for the Cowboys with no connection. Your father has to be well, a Cowboys yeah, I fan. think you can. Why not? You just got to stick with it. Because you're thing. a like, cockroach if you do Well, that. but you pick the worst example. Like, let's say someone decides they want to be a Bills fan. Like, yeah, I'm all right with that. I, I think it's it. a weird get... decision to make. Like, <laughs> it's a weird I think it'd be more... It'd be more fun, obviously. I, look, I agree. If you're if you're a fan of that from when you're a young kid and you stick with it, I get it. That's okay. If you as a young kid, you see Jim Kelly play, and I'm older than you. That's why I'm going Jim Kelly. I was going to say. I yeah, see Jim on. Kelly and those Bills play, and I don't have a favorite team, and I'm like, you know what? These are my dudes. Like, I'm in on these guys, and you stick with it for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, I guess that's okay. I, I get it. But it's also way more fun to be a fan of the city you live in. Like, if exactly. you live Silly. You can listen to WIP about the cover. You know, your team. 100%. 100%. Do it, I guess, with the radio.com app, too. But all right, next question. All right, a couple more. Uh, yeah, this is actually not even a question, just a random observation I really appreciate. So this is from uh, Jay Kopko. Random question. You guys ever notice in the huddle, Jason Kelsey always rubs someone's shoulder or back when Wentz is communicating the play? I've noticed it for a few years now. Sometimes it's the guy next to him, and sometimes it's someone two or three guys over from him. What a weird observation. I've never like, noticed it either. I've never noticed it I once. I love it though. Like totally. so one thing I've noticed I'm not is, very observant with stuff like that. Like I'm I as I've said before my wife could move the furniture around in our house and I wouldn't notice. So not my thing, but that that's an interesting observation. So you guys should look out for this. I don't know if it shows as much on TV cuz I notice it when he's on the sideline. Carson Wentz always has his hand in his like uh pouch that he wears around his waist, but it's in the back so he walks around with one hand behind his back. Really? Like, a lot. It's yeah, a weird like, move. For years he's been It's a weird this. move. Very weird. It's a weird yeah. one. I'll give you that's a weird one. Uh, all right, one more. Uh, and we appreciate the review, but I'm guessing that Elliot and I are going to both feel the same way about it. 23 Guala uh, says, hot take. If Wentz keeps carrying these guys from the practice squad, the rookies, and makes it into the playoffs, Will he be in the MVP discussion? Keep up the good work, fellas. We appreciate the review. 23 Guala, let me just say, is the clear biggest Carson Wentz fan on this podcast. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Zero percent chance that he's anywhere near the MVP discussion. The only way Carson gets in the MVP discussion. They don't lose a game again the rest of the season. And somehow yeah, maybe up, one yeah. game, maybe one game, but they would if, literally. It, yeah, if was, they're, what is it? If they're 11-4-1 heading into the playoffs and Carson just took them on a run, yeah, they'll be in the discussion. Yeah. So this is my favorite time to drop takes because only the real ones are listening Love this it. late into Love it. Love it. Like, look, I appreciate what Carson is doing with these guys around him, but I think that, you know, he beat the Giants, and that's why I was like, Boom. Great game. All that. But this idea that, you know, when he was just straight up losing games with people around him, like you got to win to get a lot of the credit of being like, look what he's doing with guys around him. You ultimately have to win. So, you know, would he be in the MVP discussion if they make it to the playoffs at five, uh, you know, 10 and one? No, Absolutely of course not. not because be Carson's not playing that well. Yeah. So no, this is absurd. Absurd. There, look, to answer the question most simply, no, he's not going to be in the MVP discussion, period. Yes. Same. Boom. All right. I will I will take it this week and read yes. the rest of them. So thank you. Thank you to everybody else that left the five stars. And, the, and these people left a comment, wrote very nice things. We really appreciate it. Jack Jr. 86, Big Balls Doug, Mini Chop, Old Walk It To Him Wentz. Got a lot of people saying that it was Shannon Sharp that came up with Walk It To Him Wentz, 
which is true, but the Eagle social media uses it, so it's just as bad. Hey, who cares? Uh, it's, it's, screw you, Shannon Sharp, then, for, for bringing this upon us, this plague upon so our house. Bad. It's so bad. Um, Julius Bernard always comes through. Uh, Dre Brewster, 66. Lou, 051. Quakertown, Kyle. Seal uh, J. Jeff Wilson, 14. G Rob, 24. PJ Green, number 15. M Smith, 39, who comments a lot. Really appreciate that. Sam Khan, Coach 48, uh, who had a trivia question, but I don't know the answer. So, Coach 48, leave another one and tell us what it is. <laughs> Doug P for president, too. Yes, and Doug P for president. Yes. So, uh, thank you to everybody that did it. Like I said, always very fun to uh, It means a lot to, to us, all the time. particularly to Elliot. Yeah. Elliot. Elliot loves checking them, loves getting them. It, yep. It's very cool. Like, if you want to just write a message to one of us in particular, like, Elliot will see it. Like, he'll see it. You can yeah, get us any message. Exactly. So, he sends me the reviews, the good ones, the fun ones, all that stuff. So, definitely do that. You got any final thoughts, Eve, before we get out of here? Um, not really. So it rained a lot today, which as you know, is nerve wracking for me, but it looks like, looks like we're going to come in at right about maybe 1.7 inches. <laughs> haven't checked, haven't checked the basement in a while, I'm, but it by the way, seem... real quick, I'm so sorry. We're an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast and I didn't ask if you were okay. It's been pouring out all day. That is a bad job by me as your co-host. Are you okay? Well, buddy? I'm happy. I'm happy you didn't do it. Cause I try not to bring it up. Like I try to pretend <laughs> I'm not nervous about it. But best believe, last night at about 3 a.m., I woke up and checked my phone to see the latest uh, latest thing. So, But it's looking like it's not going to be that bad. Um, I do have one quick question for you, actually. Yes. So I know Halloween is different this year for lots of reasons with COVID. What's your thoughts on dressing up for Halloween? Like in a, in a general sense? So you mean not specifically this year, just in general? Yeah, like in general. Like let's – yeah. Like I think it's so fun. I don't – Emily and I don't do it that much mostly because we just don't do things anymore. Like we very rarely nice. – I mean not just yeah. in the pandemic. I mean the last few years we've not been to a Halloween party. We haven't like done anything for Halloween. But like I think it's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm pro dressing up for Halloween. God, I hate dressing up for Halloween so much. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm just so not a fan. Like, oh, I didn't really like it growing fun, up. I, yeah. Have a little Especially fun. I don't like it now. It just, you know what it honestly is? I just don't like, you know, like my hair not being done. Like, it oh, just, this I just. is the least shocking results I've ever heard. I'm not, not a fan. But so what are you, so what are you going to do with the, uh, the young, the young queen here? So that's actually something we've been discussing. We did a very bad job preparing this year. So it's going to have to be a last minute costume. So there, what happened was, and even them, we were going to do it, but then they're not doing it at her daycare this year. They're not, they're like painting pumpkins instead. So I had to go buy her some little pumpkins. Um, Thanks. So we didn't really do it this year. We'll probably do it for next year. Last year, we just had her, we had like a little beret and we threw it on her and called her a French girl. We're not very good. It, our lack of dressing ourselves for Halloween is transferred yeah. over to our daughter. So, Well, I'm good. I'm good with that since yeah. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of dressing I mean, look, up. I'm not, so. a, I'm not a big take pictures of my daughter and put her on social media guy. So if yeah. I, you know, if I'm not going to take a picture of her and, and show everyone how adorable she is in her outfit, what's the point of even having an outfit? Well, it's interesting that you're the daycare is painting pumpkins, but not dressing up. Well, I think it's so what they did last year was like they had and it, one of the cute things I've ever seen in my life. They had all the kids dress up and then they basically like paraded them around in front of all the parents. Yeah, it was like this great, long. Yeah. It was super adorable. But this year we can't do any of that. Like parents aren't allowed in. Like it's a whole, you know, oh, obvious yeah, reasons. True. Like so they can't have a bunch of people in there. Like it's very, very rigid. They're very serious Does about she it. Know it's Halloween. Like no. is she like aware of no. this happening? No. Okay. I didn't think so, but no. I have a hard time knowing like what babies are yeah, supposed no, to know. Yeah, no, she's not there yet. Not there yet. Not okay. not aware of of you know she's she's saying words. She's 
very smart. Like she knows like directionally, yeah. like she knows like if I'm driving her home, if we take a wrong turn, she'll start freaking out. Like she's like very smart. Wow. Yeah. That is pretty crazy it's considering impressive. she can probably barely see out the window. It's very one. impressive. Very impressive. Like she's got a lot of yeah. good stuff going, but like not quite at that level yet. But um, yeah, we, we're bad right. with the costumes. It's adorable. We should be better. So uh, my final thought, and I know Elliot agrees. We've talked about it and I'm sure everyone should agree. Uh, vote. Go out and vote. If you haven't voted yes. already, please vote. It is it is uh, our right. It is uh, people have died for the right in the history of this country. People have died for the right to vote. So um, you know, take advantage of it. You know, have your voice heard. Yeah, I mean, it's literally literally all I think about these days. I so. know, Elliot. It's like Elliot. It's like how do how does anyone do any work when the, when we've got an election coming up? There's so much yeah. going on. So I'm with yeah. you, man. I'm with you. So go out, do your duty, vote. It is incredibly important. It will affect your life. So go out and. All right, we will be back um, tomorrow. Uh, Picks Pod tomorrow, Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP. And then, of course, Sunday night, right after the game, another late night. We've been doing, it feels like all the late night pods lately. We got a lot yes. of lately. Yes, so primetime Eagles. We will be there till 1 in the morning or whatever it is. Get that right up for you as well. So until tomorrow, until Saturday, until Sunday, he's Elliot. I'm James. We'll see you later. 